We're going to be talking today about sharing your faith because I feel like in times, anytime in the history of the world, when things get dark or unstable or uncertain, people turn to faith because deep down we all believe that there is a God and we have a void in us if we are not believing in God or have salvation through God. And so we want to talk about that because conversations have already come up in our lives where non-believers or people who have not been saved by Christ are asking, what do I need to do to be saved? And our kids are looking to us going, what do I need to do to be saved? And Elisha and I are looking at each other going, what do we say? So today we're just going to kind of walk you guys through our thought process. It's going to be a very imperfect thought process, but we do really want to get better at this because we want to have these conversations and we don't want to be in a place of not knowing how to give people the hope of the gospel because it is the most powerful hope and biggest blessing that we have in our lives and we don't just want to keep it to ourselves. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you get something from it and I'm excited to dive in. Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Oh, folks, I cannot tell you how grateful I am to have my lovely wife sitting next to me for this week's episode. That was so, it felt so inappropriate to be recording a podcast (laughs) without you last week, Katie. Oh, I was so grateful you just did it and you just manned up and did it. I don't know. I was so grateful because I was just over it. I was like, there's not going to be a podcast. I can't do this. I'm a wreck. But I really loved what you had to share last week. I was really encouraged. And sometimes it's fun to just hear from your perspective after you after you share it. Thanks. Well, we, we, neither Katie or I really wanted to go without a podcast because there were some fun announcements that we wanted to make last week about our new house in Idaho and yeah. the baby being healthy and Katie's healthy. And so those were I felt like those were good reasons in and of themselves just to have an episode. And I tried to contribute a little bit in addition to those announcements. <laughs> yeah, well, you did a really good job. But I am so grateful to be back this week. And I think it was kind of daunting even approaching the podcast this week mm-hmm. because Elisha and I have been talking about doing this episode. Elisha and I have been talking about doing it. I don't know if I said that. I think you said it. You might have said <laughs> no, it twice. I've said it three times. Just say it again for for good luck. <laughs> okay, Elisha and I have been talking about this concept of sharing our salvation for weeks, and it is so daunting. And I think it's because the gospel of Christ is so simple; a child can understand it, hmm. and yet it is so deep you could study it your entire life, and you just keep 
going deeper. You can yeah. keep maturing in your faith and keep learning new aspects of God and keep yeah pulling back different layers. Yeah, and just more pulling layers. back more and more and more layers. But it is so important, I feel like, because some of you have reached out to me who are not currently Christians, and you see the faith in Elisha's in my life, and you've said, hey, Katie, so what's with this whole Christianity thing, and what do I need to do to be saved? And I told Elisha, I did not feel like what 1 Peter 3.15 commands us to do, Hmm. which it says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Hmm. I had the meekness and fear, but <laughs> I did not have the answer ready hmm. to give every single time. And I, this has also been really impressed upon me because I was three when I realized the depravity of myself as a human. And I realized I needed a savior mm-hmm. and Leon's three right now. He asks a ton of questions about God and I'm literally going like, what on earth do I tell this child? Mm-hmm. It just seems so big and complex, mm. but it's, it's really not. Yeah. I, I mean, Katie, you said it so well, it can be so paralyzing thinking about how big you can make it and how, I mean, we're talking about God here. He, he is vast. We're never going to be able to comprehend him with our finite minds. And the gospel is God's story that he wrote of sending mm-hmm. his son, Jesus Christ to save mankind because we had rebelled against him Every man has rebelled against God in their heart, and yet God ordained it for us to come back to him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And I love that you can study it your entire life, and it's never you're never going to find out the full, the full depth of it, I don't think, because that's how God's love is. But I also am so grateful that you do not need to fully understand it for it to be applicable to you. You do not need yes. to fully understand the gospel to be saved and to enjoy uh, the hope that, that is in the Lord and to enjoy the fruits of the Spirit and the joy of the Lord. And I, I know that whether you're a child, you know, whether you have mental disabilities, whether you're a full-grown adult with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, any of these things, you can grasp the love of God and you can have, you can grasp it to this extent of knowing that he loves you and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save you. Mm-hmm. For sure. And as we were going through and looking at different verses to share on this topic, I kind of felt like they boiled down into three categories Mm. as kind of like a a process of some kind or something to keep in mind for different conversations, whether you have it with someone who just like asks you a a question on an airplane or a family member or a child. And those three things to me are one, the first step is realizing the depravity of man And our need for a savior, because Hmm. if we don't need a savior, then Christ hasn't done anything for us. Yeah. He can't save us from anything. So there is no salvation. Right. We don't need to be saved. And then I think we need to understand God's free gift of salvation. What even is that? Hmm. And then finally, we need to believe who Christ is and what he has done. Hmm. And those are kind of the three things, at least in my mind going forward, I want to just keep at the forefront of my mind because I'm not going to have you know, 27 verses to share with someone off the top of my head necessarily. Mm. Although I do have a list of references now in my phone that I can pull up. But I think that those three things need to be present in order for someone to grasp 
the necessity of salvation Mm -hmm. and what that salvation is. Yeah, I think that's really good. And, you know, you already referenced, is it first Peter that tells us to always be ready to give an answer? Uh, And I do want to be obedient to that, to get to always be ready for an answer of the hope that is within us. And I know I've got a hope within me and I know you have a hope within you, Katie. And what I love about trusting God and following God and being a blood-bought son of God is that I realize it's God that brings the faith. It's God that brings the fear of God. It's God that brings a conviction of sin. Mm -hmm. And so as his children and as people that want to share the good news and to be evangelists and to spread spread the gospel throughout all the land, uh, we do that in obedience to God knowing that he is the one that brings the harvest. And I think mm-hmm. that should get that should embolden us, and it should make us go out with more uh, uh, faith and more confidence, knowing that we can't, I, mean, I don't want to say this maybe because it might be foolish, but like we can't really mess it up. We can go out there and we, we might reference the wrong verse. We might say the wrong word. I know that we're probably going to do that numerous times even on this podcast. Uh, but God's the one that works through our imperfect words, our imperfect testimony, and our imperfect efforts to try to share his gospel. Yeah, actually, I wrote down a verse, Isaiah fifty-five eleven, and it says God's word doesn't return void. Hmm. I'm paraphrasing there. But that there's so much comfort in that. If we're just sharing God's word, not even our opinion on God's word, but God's word, it doesn't return void. He speaks through that. It's living, it's breathing, it's active. And the Lord can convict through his word with no interpreter. You know, mm. God doesn't need us mm. to be able to interpret the Bible for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so beautiful because at different times in history, Christianity has looked like that mm-hmm. where there was like a middleman who needed yes. to like interpret the scriptures right. or that was the common thought. And now it's so cool because we're at a time in history where the Bible is in, it's so easily accessible. It is. We don't know if it's going to be that easily accessible forever, but it is right now. Mm-hmm. And the Lord can just speak through that. And so even if you're a non-believer or even if you are a Christian and you're having a hard time communicating your faith, just encouraging someone to go read God's word, know that that's never going to have a outcome that is not of God. (laughs) Well, that's been the case for for you and I, Katie, over this last week as we challenged each other to read Romans a few times because we knew we wanted to better equip ourselves to share the gospel. We thought we might want to do a podcast episode on this topic. And we thought that just reading Romans a bunch of times would benefit us in a, a more deeper understanding. And I cannot tell you how that is true. I mean, it's just crazy how Roman, you know, they call it the Romans road, right? And it just takes you on this walk, this journey of, of mankind. Well, really of, of God first, but then of man's story, you know, God's story using man and how we fell away from God and our need for a savior and how God pr- provided that savior for us in his son, Jesus Christ. And I just, I would encourage anybody listening to read Romans again and again and again and again if you want to have a deeper understanding of the gospel. Yeah, and Romans is deep, you know, so it's it's heavy reading in certain parts. But what's cool is that as we mature and grow in Christ, like every time I read Romans, I, I learn something new. And I love what Elisha said. We do not have to fully grasp everything in the Bible. I don't believe anybody does fully grasp everything in the Bible the way it was intended perfectly, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, there is a mystery to the gospel. And I think the Lord wants us to keep seeking him so he can keep revealing himself to us. So That's right. don't be daunted where, wherever you are in your Christian walk. Yeah. So Katie and I, I mean, I think Katie and I are both 
kind of nervous to do this episode because yeah are you kidding i told elisha i was like just tell him like we might delete this and do it again later like if you're an evangelist or you're someone who just has like a like you have a gift of being able to walk people through this process like i think that's so awesome and just let us stumble our way through this (laughs) yeah i thought it was pretty interesting how nervous i got you know when i when we talked about doing this because you and I talk a lot about what we feel like the Lord's teaching us, what we feel like the Lord's calling us to. And it's really easy for me to speak of those things. And I think it's because of the confidence that I do have in the finished work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we spend 90% of our time on this podcast speaking as though we're speaking to Christians, speaking to people that are have put their faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Mm-hmm. And and I we talk to people in that context and that's how we talk to ourselves all the time. We talk to ourselves to Katie and I, we talk to each other in that context of knowing where the other person stands and where they've put their hope and their faith. But we really want to back up a bit mm-hmm. and say, okay, wait a second, how do you get to that point where you are a Christian? Because we speak to Christians. We speak to each other like we're Christians. We've got our righteousness. We know it's found in Jesus Christ. But so many of the things we talk about are seem kind of probably silly and maybe irrelevant if you haven't put your hope in Jesus Christ. And this is a podcast, like, I feel like I'm still talking to, obviously, the vast majority of you are already Christians. But I want to, I want you guys to see us trying to do this and trying to communicate these things because I want to encourage you to try to communicate these things because we do have people all around us that need to be saved and want to be saved Mm -hmm. and are going to be looking and asking questions Mm -hmm. of the Christians in their life that they know Mm -hmm. that they see fruit from in their life that they want to emulate or, or grow in. That's right. So yeah. Anyways. Okay. Can we dive? Sure. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear deeper. You talked about three things. This is like, yeah. (laughs) The three steps to salvation. No, that's what we're going to avoid. There's no three steps to salvation. This is a system in my brain of three things I want to communicate because I feel like if I miss one of these things, someone's not going to fully be able to grasp salvation. Like if, if I don't read, for instance, Romans three 23, right. And get across the point that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's right. Then we don't realize our need for a savior. Sin separates us from God. That's right. There are so many verses that explain that. I did not look up a lot of those. And a good way to realize how we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God is the law, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy sometimes to feel like we're pretty good people. Yeah. Some of us naturally just know we're bad. Sure. <laughs> at, our, at our core without Christ. Like I said, I was three and I knew that I'd just done enough bad stuff that I was going to hell. That's like was my perspective at three and I was terrified. But sometimes we feel um, like, oh, well, our good works have outweighed our bad works. Mm-hmm. And that's a really common yes. theme when you talk to certain people like, well, I'm inherently good. Like. I give stuff to charity. I don't hurt people. I'm a moral person. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the good outweighs the bad in the end. Exactly. Hopefully the good has outweighed the bad. And I love this analogy. I've heard this from other famous evangelists, but they're saying, okay, if say I can jump eight inches off the ground and say, Elisha can jump like three feet off the ground. (laughs) Okay, well, if we're trying to jump to heaven, neither of us are anywhere close. Mm-hmm. And the Bible 
says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's right. Our very best, our best works are as filthy rags Mm -hmm. before Christ. Mm. And so it doesn't matter how hard we work or how many good things we do in our life, we're still, we still fall so short of the glory of God and of his perfection. And when you go through the law of, have you ever lied? Mm -hmm. Have you ever sinned? Mm -hmm. Not sinned. That that was a big one. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever stolen anything, Elisha? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever, uh, well, the Bible says that if you've ever even hated someone, then that's committing murder in your heart. Right. And uh, one of the commandments is thou shalt not murder. Right. Thou shalt not covet. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord, your God in vain. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one about lust in there, I think. Yeah, there is. Thou shalt oh, not thou lust. shalt not commit adultery. Yeah. yeah, and the Bible also says in another verse, I'm not giving you all these references, but you can always, you know, do my favorite thing, Google, I'm um, find the reference. Uh, whoever even looks at someone with lust, with yeah. lust has committed adultery in their, heart. in their hearts. It's not like you have to have an affair for that to happen. And so if someone's having a hard time recognizing their need, or how far they fall short, Mm -hmm. the gospel, not the gospel, the law and the 10 commandments is a really good way to simply clarify. That's right. Yeah. And realize, Oh, well, I guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah, that's right. I think God's law, the 10 commandments, like you said, Katie, it brings us to the realization that we've fallen short. We have not held to the standard that God has given us. And even beyond that, Romans talks about how we we haven't even kept to our own standard. You know, we've set a standard in our hearts, and we we might have this ideal of who we think we should be or who we think our fellow man should be, mm-hmm. and then we end up not living to that standard. We think we should be generous to everybody, and then we consistently, you know, drive by the guy that's asking for money. Mm-hmm. And you justify it in your heart by saying whatever you say. You know, well, he's probably going to go buy crack with it. And so I'm actually doing him a favor. And, <laughs> wow. and you just assume, you, what you whatever it is in your heart, you yeah, justify yeah. it and explain why you didn't give that person money even though you have ac- excess and you could have given him money. And uh, a, a big thing that Christians and non-Christians say that is a very dangerous thing to say is, well, God knows my heart. God knows that I'm doing my best here and I think he'll kind of give me the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. when I stand before his throne. But the Bible also says that the heart of man is wicked above all else. And if you're honest with yourself, your heart only seeks, it's only capable of seeking like selfish things. And even when you're doing a good thing for somebody else, you go down to the motive and you had selfish motives. They weren't motives that were altruistic or that were God honoring. They truly were selfish motives. And so I think there's a lot of these things that, we hear in our culture from non-Christians and, and unfortunately from Christians too, mm-hmm. that can make people think they're a pretty good person. Well, I think at our core, we want to be good people. We realize that we're falling short of something. Yeah. And so culture and society continues to perpetuate this new view of moralism mm-hmm. that's constantly evolving. Right. Where it's like, okay, this is moral. Wow, okay, we need to erase these sins from our past, and now this is moral. Right. And we're seeing that with all these social and political issues 
right now Mm -hmm. in 2020. And that's going to, it's happened in the past. It's going to continue happening because we keep realizing, oh, we aren't treating everyone fairly Mm -hmm. or, oh, this person was mistreated or this situation we're handling wrong. And so as a culture, we're constantly trying to create this feeling of we're good people. That's right. We're good. We're good. And the Bible lays it out so clearly that no, you're not like you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. And so we're guilty. Yes. Like come judgment day, if there is a God and he is judging our hearts, it's never going to be in our favor if we've muscled out a bunch of good stuff. That's right. We're still guilty. Yep. So I'll just read quick from Romans 5. Again, All there's so many different passages talking about that first sin, you know, Adam's first sin. I even wrote a song about it in my children's al- album. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Find it on Spotify. Yeah, go to Spotify. Now that I'm a father <laughs> on Spotify. Uh, but, you know, Adam and Eve, that first sin against God was committed in the Garden of Eden. There was this perfect unity between God and man for a short time in the history of the world. And then... Adam sinned against God, and he brought the separation between there between Adam and Eve and God. There was sin between them all of a sudden. Yeah, Adam gets the blame, but you know, Eve, you were guilty. She was too. there too. She was there. <laughs> uh, so Romans five twelve says, "Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, because all have sinned." And so, once again, there are numerous verses, but like Katie said, there has to be this recognition in the heart of man that they have fallen short of God's standard, which is perfection, mm-hmm. which is holiness. And we're not able to accomplish that on our own doing on our own efforts or our own merit. Yeah. And so I love that there is a solution to this yes. in John three 16. I'm going to jump over here. A lot of us have memorized this verse, but you guys, it is so powerful for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's just a beautiful hope in Mm -hmm. that scripture of saying, hey, you guys have fallen so short, but I've given a way to be reunited with God and be good with him and not have to feel bad about our sin and guilty. Yeah, and not have to face the judgment of God. Yeah, face the wrath of God. The wrath of God and... Katie, that verse, you know, it's unfortunate that it's almost become a cliche Mm -hmm. uh, or a platitude because the profundity there is so deep and it's so far reaching that for God so loved the world, even after all that we just talked about, Mm -hmm. everybody has sinned and we've rebelled against God in our heart. We've said, you know, God, I know you created life. I know that I only exist here on earth because of you, but forget you. I'm going to go and live after my own enticements, you know, after the Mm -hmm. things that appeal to my sinful flesh. We've all made that decision in our heart, and yet God sought after us. He said, no, I love you so that I'm going to send my son into the world so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I, that is just, I don't mean, if that doesn't make you emotional, I don't know what does because that is so rich and so freeing and so powerful. Yeah, I do think because we learn Well, if you've grown up in a Christian household or really just in America, I feel like Jesus dying on the cross is such a, like everyone knows it, everyone says it, and it's just become this thing that doesn't carry the weight Mm -hmm. that it should. That someone who was perfect, that did no sin, Mm -hmm. 
just died for you. Yeah. Well, also, I was, you know, just even now as I'm sitting here thinking about it, something that we actually haven't really talked about, because I think culture doesn't talk about it. You mentioned it briefly, but that's the existence of hell. That's that God does have, there is wrath, there is judgment for sin. And that is what was paid for by the death of Jesus Christ. It's mm-hmm. all the things that you were saying are also true. We can now have a relationship with God. Well, we yeah, don't have to feel the guilt and the weight of our sin. God daily here on earth. That's and right. also that eternal separation right. from him forever. That's right. It's, it's separation on both accounts. And I think as a three-year-old, I didn't want to be separated from God in hell. Mm-hmm. Like I was scared of that. But as I've matured in my faith, I realized just the blessing it is to not be separated by my sin from God on a day-to-day basis right. throughout this life as well. Even though this life is a vapor and it's quick, it's just an incredible blessing to, on a daily basis, not be weighed down and burdened by our sin. That's right. We can walk freed from it in the newness of life that God has brought to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the beauty. I mean, the gospel is, it's <laughs> all. it reaches all. It reaches this physical life that we're living, and it reaches for eternity for that life that we get to live with God in heaven. And that is so true, Katie, that we on a daily basis can walk and talk with God and not live as slaves to sin Mm -hmm. like we were. You know, the the Ephesians says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but he's made you alive. And I see so many people, when you hear that and you think, boy, that is the truth. Before Christ, before faith in Jesus Christ and the power of him in me, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You are a slave to whatever the sinful appetite is for that day or for whatever you want to fulfill, you know, in your own fleshly desires. But we're free from that here on this earth and giving an eternal hope. Yeah, it's just, it's an incredible blessing that I keep realizing the depth of and the richness of Mm. as I continue to grow in my faith and understand the word of God and his promises to us better. Okay, so what do we need to do? Like, what's our part? So, God's come, he sent his son as a perfect sacrifice to atone our sins Mm -hmm. and cover our sins. How do we get that? Because clearly some people accept it and some people don't. And that's ultimately the differentiator between someone who is a Christian, you know, that term, a follower of Christ, and someone who's not, are the people who choose to accept that gift because it says God died for the sins of the whole world. Mm -hmm. And... It says, whoever believes in him shall not perish. So mm-hmm. so what is that that missing piece? And here in Acts, there's a lot of verses for this, but Acts 16.31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. Mm. Amen. And, you know, even, I don't know if you're done talking, Katie, or you no. say some more yeah, things. I am for that. You know, what's even <laughs> interesting in Romans is it talks about, you know, actually I'll read Romans. I'll, I'll read a few parts of Romans because that's really good, but... But Romans uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 21 says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets do bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So through faith, we're able to receive the righteousness of God, which is the standard. That, that's the standard in order to have life with God in eternity, in order to walk in unity with mm-hmm. God. It's the righteousness of God. And we get that through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because in the next chapter, uh, chapter 4, it says in, in Romans chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 4, it says, Now to him that does not work but believes is his faith counted for righteousness. And I think that that goes against everything inside of man. We say, mm-hmm. okay, well, what do we need to do? What do we need to work on in order to get some of this righteousness? 
but it says just the opposite in Romans 4. It says, but to him that worketh not, to him that doesn't do the work, stop working, but believe in Jesus Christ, to him is that faith counted as righteousness. Yeah, my brother-in-law, actually, we were just talking about this last night, and Adam, <laughs> I'm probably going to butcher what you said, but I, Elisha and I both thought this is so profound that the thing that separates, or a word picture, I guess, for picturing, okay, how is Christianity different from every other religion in the entire world, is that if you put two humans, two men in a room, and said, okay, come up with a religion, there's no way they're going to leave the room without having you do anything. Right, yeah. Yeah, man, man-made religions usually have are, are always built on some sort of work. Yeah, man you, doing you something. don't say like, okay, guys, here's the deal. We can be saved. We can go to heaven. We can experience closeness with God. And here's the kicker. You don't have to do anything. Right. It's just like no one's – because we as humans just feel like there has to be work that is done on our part. Right. And when we're working for something – we're rejecting what God's given us. That's right. We're saying what you did on the cross wasn't good enough for mm. me to get to heaven. You sending a perfect blood sacrifice to cover my sins wasn't good enough. So I'm going to donate to this charity yeah. and I'm going to advocate all these social justice issues and I'm going to X, Y, and Z. Now, are all those things great? Yes. The Lord calls us to, to do he good things, yes. He, t- he says, you know, it's it's good to do good things. Yeah, okay? that's right. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's but not how we're saved. That's not how we're saved. We yeah. cannot work for our salvation. That has nothing to do with us. And my dad, when we were kids, explaining this to us would be like, if I give you a present for your birthday and you go, great, thanks for the present. Now, what do I have to do for it? Hmm. It takes away all the joy from the giver mm-hmm. who goes, no, it's just a gift. Like I already bought it. I already right. worked for it. I already, you know, gave mm-hmm. you my money. And then the kids over there, you know, digging a hole trying to earn the present. Right. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, it says that we've been adopted by, by God through his son, Jesus Christ. And when you think of, you know, we have friends that just adopted an orphan from India and the, this child, I think it was a four-year-old uh, child and or maybe even younger. It, w- it was a young child in India and this Indi- this child in India, it literally did nothing to get adopted by this family. Yeah. here in the u.s what they did they they were there they existed and they were valuable because they were a human but this family that adopted them are the ones that went and purchased them and they brought them back and brought brought them into a new family the mm-hmm. family of god and or their family but god did that with us he purchased us back from sin back from the the wiles of the devil and he made us his children and we had no part of it yeah we had nothing to do with our salvation it's only belief and I think that can feel so wrong, but that is the beauty of Christianity mm-hmm. and what God's done. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. And Amen. just that heart of repentance, you know, Matthew in 3, 3, 2 and four seventeen says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. This can happen at any time in our Christian walk, but just having the attitude of humility and coming to God and saying, Lord, I believe what you've done. And, and as a result of that belief, I am humbled and mm-hmm. repentant for the things that I've done wrong. And I want to walk in your newness of life and in the free gift that you've given me. That's right. That's right. And Romans talks about this again. Because of this, there's no room for boasting. There's no room for man to say, hey, 
you know, did you hear I, I became a Christian? And you say, well, yeah, the way I was able to pull that one off is I met this guy and he was able to connect me with a guy that, you know, was a few degrees up higher than him. And I was able to leverage some of my talents and abilities and I was able to broker this deal. And sure enough, I, I passed the cut and I'm a, a Christian pretty good person scored yeah. high on the test. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for boasting at all. Yeah. I love Ephesians two, eight through nine. It says for by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it's just, that's such a powerful verse when you break it down. And I have to remind myself of this consistently because for some reason, it's easy for something to creep in to my mind that feels like I have to do something Mm -hmm. to keep my salvation Mm -hmm. or, you know, and it's just, it's a free gift. I just need to believe. Mm -hmm. I just need to believe. So what... I wanted to kind of touch real quickly on like, what do we need to believe? Mm -hmm. We've already talked about some of these things, but I feel like it's like, okay, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's like, okay, so what, what am I believing? Yeah. Right. Well, first we have to believe that Jesus died for our sins. So therefore I am a sinner. If I don't believe I'm a sinner, I can't be saved because there's nothing I need to be saved from. Right. You're not believing that you, that somebody died for your sins. Yeah. I don't, I don't need a savior if I don't believe that I'm a sinner. That's right. And so that's so important. We also need to believe in the deity of Christ. That's right. And that he was perfect because if Elisha died for me right now, now Elisha's pretty close to perfect. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Very far. About as close as you can get. But if he died for my sins right now, people have taken other people's blame and put, put, been given a life sentence in jail or been murdered. And that doesn't do anything for you. Eternally. Eternally. You know, it might get you out of a pickle, Yep. but it just, that, that that's not good enough. And also we need to believe that Jesus did all that needed to be done on the cross. Hmm. He didn't need our help to save us. That's right. There's nothing we can do to earn that salvation. We just need to receive that free gift. Mm -hmm. And if we believe those things, believe, Oh, what's that verse? Believe on the Lord. Oh my, I'm going to find it. You say something. Okay. Say something good. (laughs) Say something good now. Okay. Well, I mean, I liked what you were saying, but I do think that you're right, Katie. You have to believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, that he was the perfect sacrifice. Uh, The Bible makes it clear that, you know, God, Father God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who was God. They were one and they created the earth together. They were there at the beginning and and I think that, like you said, there there has to be this acceptance that Jesus Christ was God. We understand. I think so many people accept Jesus Christ as a historical figure. You say, yeah, Jesus was yeah. a moral teacher, a religious teacher here on the earth. He had some good concepts, uh, but that's not that doesn't cut it. You can't just believe God was a good teacher. In fact, there's no way to believe God. Jesus, I mean, was a good teacher and not believe he was God because he called himself God, and a good teacher does not call himself God unless he is God. Well, yeah, I, who was it? It's like another big evangelist. When I was a kid, I heard this either Jesus is liar, Lord, or lunatic, liar, Lord, or lunatic. He can't be all three. Right. I mean, (laughs) he can't be all three. He has to be one or the other. He can't just be a good person. Mm -hmm. He was either a liar or a lunatic. A lot of people say he's a good moral teacher, but he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Or, he's Lord because of the things he says. Yeah. 
Okay, Romans 10, 9 is the verse I was looking for, and it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Mm. So I love this. Thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. It's a heart work. The work's done in our heart. We aren't saved by what we say, Mm. but confessing with our mouth is an outward projection and expression of what's going on in our heart yeah and it says um there's another verse that says out of the heart the mouth speaks and it's just i think being bold and being able to tell someone else is uh is just a really good thing to do just confess and it's a a byproduct of faith it's a byproduct you you do talk about what you believe and if you believe it to be true then you will confess it yeah with your mouth so anyways i um it's funny <laughs> because I'm like, wow, we're at like 36 minutes and I feel like that wasn't very <laughs> super clear and people do this in like four minutes. And I know that's fun. why we want to grow on this ability Yeah, because like you yeah, said, Katie, we do. Uh, and the Lord doesn't need us. He doesn't, he doesn't know, but he calls but us to it. Yes. And I think it's for our growth as much as it is for Are you kidding me? People, without doubt. To know. Without doubt. And I, because I, you said these, these tumultuous times have people clinging to things more than what they were clinging to. You know, maybe their bank account or their stock portfolio or their financial investments aren't looking as good uh, or their health, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, their political party's not doing so good. And you're cl- you want to cling to something and people are looking for an eternal hope. They're looking for something that can anchor their soul. And we do have that hope in Jesus Christ. And I want to be able to share that in an effective way. And I want to be able to live in that hope, in that reality uh, of Jesus Christ. And so, folks, I mean, like we've said, you know, a bunch of times, we really want to grow in this. We're so grateful that you are gracious listeners as Katie and I stumble our way through this. But let me tell you, we are motivated to learn our faith, to become more uh, sound in our teaching and in our doctrine and our theology and, you know, to become apologists. I think we're all called to be apologists, defenders of our faith. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And it's becoming more and more crucial that we do that. Well, and especially even if we never have another conversation, we just need to be able to communicate these things to our children. Yes. And if we've never shared this before, how are we, I mean, it's very intimidating, at least from my perspective, to try to communicate these life-changing concepts to a child. And I think after we are saved, it's important to then keep going. You know, it is so simple that a child can understand Mm -hmm. salvation. And we don't just want to stop there. We don't want to accept God's grace in his salvation and never know him deeper because Mm -hmm. there's so much joy and richness and there's just so much more that comes with the well, more that we know the Lord. And faith is active. It's not a one-time thing that you said, well, I did believe that that one time, you know, four years ago or 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, you have to it's keep It's actively believing. believing it. And because it's active, you're continually growing. I love First Peter 2, too. It says, is near, newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word? And then I think it's a challenge in 1 Corinthians 3, one, where it says, Okay, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So Paul here is talking to a church that should be a lot more mature. They've yeah. been saved for a while. These aren't baby Christians. These aren't people with a—but they still, even though they've been saved for years, have a very thin understanding of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and what God has done and what he came to do, he says here in verse two, I have fed you with milk and not meat 
for up until this point, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Wow. Like you weren't able to handle the meat. You're still not able to handle the meat. Like there's so much you're missing out on. Yeah. And I just think that's such a warning for mm. us to not just like one and done. Like I say a prayer, I'm moving on with my life, but to really dig into the scripture and learn more and more and more because there's just an incredible blessing that comes through that. There is. And, and as you said, Katie, whether or not we have a conversation with an unbeliever on the street or with somebody at work, if we've got children, we need to be able to communicate the gospel to them. I think it's so easy in Christian homes to just start teaching moral behavior rather than gospel centered yes. living. Yes. And I think that that those two can seem confusing to a child child. And even to parents, we can confuse these things. It's funny, just today we were listening to some uh, some children's songs that were like on a Christian disc, but we were talking about how some of them as a child can be really confusing. Just it really teaches that maybe just good behavior will get you right with God. Yeah, like good behavior makes you, yeah, exactly, right with God. And that's not the truth. And there's a lot of adults that still have that same perspective. Right. And liken all the verses we walked through here, that's just not the case. Yeah. And I do think, obviously, there's a maturing of the believer and a new baby believer that doesn't even understand what God calls us to or how that mm -hmm. walk should look right. is going to make mistakes or make decisions that are maybe opposing God and they don't even realize it. That's right. But as we mature in Christ, God calls us to a higher standard to consistently just walk in his ways. That's right. Now that we are saved. Exactly. And as we have that desire to seek him we want to do what the Lord calls us to do. Oh, folks. Well, thanks for listening. We're, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, first off, if, if you guys, if any of you are like evangelists or apologists or just way smarter than Katie and I, which is probably all of you way better. You have some tips. Yeah. We would love resources. Katie and I are really hungry and eager right now yes. to, you know, go through, um, I know there are people that have really just dialed in evangelism and, and communicating the gospel in a succinct and effective way. And we want to learn from those people. Something I want to share with you, if you have young children, I do want to share with you the Abeka Salvation Series. I haven't done this for a long time. I just ordered it. So I don't know if I agree with it 100% like doctrinally or whatever. But that is what my mom used with I think like six of us realized our need for a savior and came and asked my mom, what do I need to do to be saved because of this salvation series that mm -hmm. she went through? So I'll just share the link with you guys here. Um, if you're looking for a resource, I know that was super helpful in my siblings in my life and I'm going to do it with our kids and just uh, start having those conversations. That's awesome. Cool. I don't, I don't have a resource to share. I don't know. Maybe I should. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah, the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible. Great comfort. I think great comfort's great. Evangelism stuff. Yeah. And I mean, any person, no one person is perfect. That's right. But that's, I think it's beautiful. The Lord uses imperfect people all throughout scripture. That's right. And so, so yeah, we just need to. Anyways. Stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> thank you. Like, I don't uh, have any other thoughts. Thank you for listening, being a part of this journey with us. Yeah, and encouraging. I, I do want to say this too. If you aren't saved and you, or if you listen to this podcast and you did, you know, confess with your, your heart and your mouth and believe on Jesus and you want to continue to grow in that walk, like, I do encourage you to reach out and let us know. We would love to talk to you more mm -hmm. and just grow with you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks guys. Bye-bye.